This is Healing Justice, a podcast bridging conversations at the intersections of collective healing and social change. I'm your host, Kate Werning. Each week, we share a conversation with a powerful leader and an accompanying audio practice to help resource you in your leadership and the well-being of you and your people. This week, we are joined by Miski Noor and Candace Montgomery, and they're guiding us through a practice to think about healing in the middle of moments of direct action and escalation. They'll talk us through some examples, including powerful actions they led during the Super Bowl this year in Minneapolis. And they'll give us some questions that we can ask ourselves when planning for the preparation time before a big action, how we can center care during the action itself, and the need for aftercare and follow-up and what that can look like. This week's practice format is a little more workshoppy, and so you'll hear these questions and ideas from Miss Miski and Candice, and you might want to have something available to take some notes and consider how what they share applies to whatever campaign or action you are currently working on. Just to say a bit about our guests, Candace and Miski both work with the Black Lives Matter Global Network. Miski as a communication strategist and Candace as part of the organizing team. They're also both part of the Black Visions Collective, formerly known as Black Lives Matter Minneapolis, and are co-partners in a Minneapolis-based housing project called the Purple Palace Project. The Purple Palace seeks to provide affordable, community-centered housing for movement activists and organizers. And I know them both through their involvement as trainers and leaders with momentum. All right, so get ready for them to take us through thinking through healing in action. Here we go. Hey, y'all. Um, this is Miski. Hey, this is Candice. And we are so excited for y'all to join us for thinking about how to really take care of you um, and your people um, while you are engaging um, in direct action. Um, or like confronting the state um, in order to uh, to create a better world for all of us. And um, the way we really want to think about this is, you know, what are you doing before the action? What are you doing during? And what are you doing after? Um, you know, so when we're talking about what is happening during the direct action, um, it is not just how are you thinking about healing justice um, in the action, right? Um, it's something that you have to be thinking about and, um, and is central to the work um, before you even put your bodies on the line. Uh, and so for the first part, um, in thinking about before care, right? Um, it's really important that you're actually framing up what you want for your movement and really thinking about, um, thinking about some key questions. Uh, what is the story? Right? What is the story that um, your action is going to tell um, about your people in this moment? Uh, for the example of, um, of the Super Bowl action, um, where we here in Minneapolis uh, with a you know, Black Visions Collective, uh, with a, a larger coalition of uh, folks known as um, Divest Invest Minnesota, um, we, we really wanted to tell the story of how we were demanding that the city of Minneapolis um, 
really divest from violence, um, invest in community and imagine what's possible. Um, and that was really important uh, for us because it was a way for us to really think about, think about the experience, right? Um, we wanted the experience of the work that we were doing to be liberatory and to be imaginative and visionary um, about the world that we could create, um, a, a world that actually like supports um, and cares for our people. Um, so that, that really helped to make sure that people were trying to embody that in the work that we were doing. Um, and it's really important. Like, I, th I think like, um, one principle I would think about, um, when you're thinking about the experience, um, your experience, your community's experience, the experience of those who, who are, who are risking, um, who are risking themselves, um, for our liberation, um, is really thinking about aiming for wholeness, right? Aiming for a whole experience that, um, cares for people before, during, and after aiming for a whole experience that is thinking about people's emotional well-being and physical well-being, thinking about um, if folks are getting a good meal um, so that they can, uh, so their body is supported, if folks are drinking enough water, um, you know, if folks have the support that they need um, to, to show up as their best selves, right? Um, so really asking yourself, you know, what kind of people um, do you want walking away from your action, right? Um, and is this action creating the kind of community that you want? Um, a community that is in line with your values um, and a community that um, really is able to care for each other, um, even and especially in moments of crises. The second piece that we want to name around building out this practice is thinking about the during care um, of an action. Um, and the principle that you are really striving for here is how do we make um, the the work of fighting for our liberation feel liberatory um, and how do we circumvent some of the systems that um, in these high crisis moments, oftentimes um, try to get in our way of being able to do that. Um, and so when it came to the Super Bowl action that we're using as an example here, um, it's really actually like the during care is actually a bunch of other prep care as well of thinking about how do you create um legal support systems that affirm all aspects of someone's identity um, and give folks the information that they need to, to you know, navigate a really otherwise confusing system. Um, how do you make sure that there are things on the ground that are really necessary? The basics, like Miski said, water, um, but also ways that help to hold people's energy and spirit um, thinking about, you know, like all of the different senses of our body, all the ways that our bodies need to be nourished in those high intensity moments. Um, and at the same time, how are you realistic? So, um, you know, in Minnesota, when we were doing the Super Bowl action, unfortunately, we could not bring heaters down to where we were doing our action. Um, and so had to think about ways that we kept people warm, um, but also prepared people um, in the right way to understand like this is going to be a really cold thing and making sure folks are able to make those choices and have the information that they need um, about what is going to happen during the action. Um, and then the last piece of that is just a lot of really intentional planning um, and asking yourself lots of questions around what, what is, 
what is going to happen here that I need to think about? Um, and then who is actually going to do the thing during the action, making sure that those roles are actually delegated um, and that they're taken really seriously. So we had folks not only who are in lockboxes, but we had one to two people per person in a lockbox, um, giving them water, holding up their arms, changing around their socks, fixing their boots, things like that. Um, because it wasn't just about making sure people can stand in lockboxes, but make sure that they felt as comfortable, especially knowing that they could be spending a couple nights in jail um, during the action. So really thinking about what's the during care for people, both like body, mind, spirit, um, that's going to be necessary to, to make sure that um, people don't dread coming to your next, next direct action, basically. And then the last piece that we'll both kind of speak on is the post-care work. Um, so oftentimes you have this like really high intensity action, um, where a bunch of hopefully newspapers are printing it out and it's gone viral on social media, um, locally or maybe even nationally. Um, and we kind of just leave it at that. Um, but I think that the, the two pieces are, um, celebration and then healing, um, post, uh, post actions. And maybe Miski, you can talk about how that looked for us during the Super Bowl. Yeah. So one of the ways in which we wanted to take care of our folks after afterwards is even just providing space to process, right? Like you go through an intense action, put your body on the line out in like, you know, negative 19 degree weather. Um, you deserve a hot meal, <laughs> like a foot rub and like some conversation about um, the risk that you just took. So you know, working with People's Movement Center, they hosted us and we held like a debrief dinner um, and just had a facilitated conversation about, you know, what was coming up for people? Um, what did they feel like was successful? What did they feel like was was what was missing? Um, you know, what um, what is it that they wanted to change for the future? Um, because they actually wanted to come back and and um uh, which I think is a is is a success, and it and it's also because um, we were thinking about you know ways to care for our folks and to to stay connected beyond just the the um, high intensity action. Um, so in that space, um, folks were also able to access um, body workers. Right, um, there's folks who are doing um, like um, cranial sacral massage and um, really. Um, uh, really just caring for people's um, bodies and spirits in, in the space afterwards. Um, and so that was, that was really dope. Um, and I think another way that we try to create consistent healing space um, is through Black Joy Sunday. Uh, so it's a practice of a lot of folks throughout the movement. It's not just our chapter or just the BLM network. Um, a lot of folks participate in Black Joy Sunday where it's just uh um, you know, exists to create space for Black folks to come together, um, to decompress, to um, participate in like creating music together or, um, you know, um, creating new practices with each other or dance or just having conversation um, and, and really be able to um, connect with each other um, and create um, some of that space that we don't get um, in just our regular everyday lives or the regular everyday world where we can be really intentional about cultivating black joy. Um, cause we know that is the root of our res resilience. Um, 
And, and so Black Joy Sunday is one vehicle, uh, one space, um, happens, um, every first and third Sunday, um, of the month. Um, and so, and, and, and that's, that's one of the ways that we're continuously, um, trying to, one of our practices for continuously trying to refill, refuel ourselves and, um, strengthen our connection to one another. I would just also say celebration, like lots and lots of celebration. Um, and I think that really comes in particular in thinking about what is the win um, and having a frame around that beforehand um, and celebrating that um, whether or not you hit it or not. Um, the fact that you tried um, is really critical. I think it helps to keep hope going. It helps for people to feel purpose. Um, and we just need more time to celebrate ourselves. Um, and that should look like whatever forms, if it means a night out on the town dancing with um, the team or having a kickback at someone's spot, just a way to really, um, you know, throw up your feet and celebrate the hard work you did. Um, because too much of this work goes unnoticed um, and goes without thanks. And so it's the simple ways that we can do that. Um, that's really, really critical to, to making sure that we can continue to do this work. And I think that's our practice. Yeah. So thinking about those three steps, asking yourself those sets of questions, um, and really like what we're offering is um, when we're implementing direct actions, being intentional and thinking about how are we bringing healing into every aspect of our work um, continuously. Big thank you to Miski and Candice for that practice. To support their work, you can check out the link to donate to the Black Visions Collective Movement and Legal Fund in the show notes. You can download the corresponding conversation, the episode right before this one, to hear about the 18-day police station occupation in Minneapolis following the police murder of Jamar Clark, and how healing, escalation, and direct action can and need to go hand in hand, and in some ways did during that action. They also share about their collective housing project, gaining trust in moments of crisis and direct action, raising money for therapy and support for leaders who need it, and organizer burnout. You can sign up to stay in touch with us at healingjustice.org and find us on Instagram at Healing Justice, like Healing Justice Podcast on Facebook, and follow at HJ Podcast on Twitter. If you want to give an offering in reciprocity and gratitude for this practice and all of the audio practices that we share uh, for free every week, you can do so by contributing at patreon.com slash healingjustice. This whole project is running off of free will offerings. And if you don't have money to give, that's totally cool. If you share this with people who can benefit or subscribe, rate and review on whatever podcast platform you're listening, all of that helps this resource make it to the people who need it most. Yeah. So thank you for your participation in that way. This podcast is generously mixed and produced by Zach Meyer at The Coal Room. And thank you to Christian Photography for the image that we used as the cover for this episode. Thank you for your commitment to building movements that liberate all of us. Hear you next week.